MGK gets canceled over a razor blade? TP can sing? Paramore is not breaking up? Today in the Emo Social Club, we talk about these hot topics, new music that you should put on your playlist. And our latest interview with the alt-pop rock band Hungover on this episode. Stick around. We have a lot more coming up. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, the podcast about music, news, and interviews. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie. We are changing up the formula. If you are brand new to this podcast, everything is fine. Everything is Nothing's normal. Nothing's out of the ordinary. Don't worry Nothing about changed. it. Nothing changed. Welcome. Yeah. Imagine this is an auditory pat on the head for you. Nothing is different. Everything is fine. If you are a consistent listener to the Emo Social Club, this is going to feel a little bit different. Normally, we just do a full, long, hour-long interview with an artist, a band, people we like, p- music you should listen to. Uh, but this is, uh, this is not that. This is not that this time. We're, we're switching it up a little bit to bring you a little bit more of new music that we think you should listen to or that we have on our playlist at the very least. And also anything that you might have missed because you aren't chronically online and don't want to be, which is very fair and valid. Yeah, you shouldn't be. <laughs> we're yeah, gonna, don't be. We're going to break our brains for you instead. So, yeah, you're going to hear new music. Lizzie is going to tell you all about songs that you may have missed. Uh, she is the <laughs> she's the journalist of the two of us. <laughs> Uh, and, and a little bit of music news, some tour drops, some, uh, some announcements, some, some good stuff that you need to know. Uh, yeah. And then we'll get to our interview, uh, on this episode, we have the band Hungover. uh, really good conversation, really cool band, really, uh, really good music. Like, yeah, it was listening to it. It gave me, because their past music was very pop punk centric. It's what we all really like and what we love. But this latest album was giving me Young the Giant, early Maroon 5 vibes. And I really think that's a testament to the versatility of an artist. If they can go from pop punk into this more dynamic space. Yeah. So stick around. All that's coming up. Uh, If you want to let us know what you think about this format... Find us on our social media. We are at Emo Social Club on Instagram. You can also find me at SpookyPants1 if you're over there. And on Instagram, I'm at Gavin. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at X okay. Emo Social Club X. Uh, we also have finally launched our Patreon. So the interviewers are going to be shorter on the podcast. And on Instagram, I'm right at now. Borden uh, We have some questions that we ask. We have the best bits of it, but we have a longer version and the full version over on the Patreon. The Patreon right now, you can subscribe yeah. for free. You can watch. Uh, you can watch some cut content from some of our YouTube videos. You can watch uh, some some extra bits, some behind the scenes, and all that. And if you subscribe at, at least the $1 level, you can watch and listen to the full version of the podcast episode, uh, uncut, just full, uh, full edited, uh, you know, for it, it's edited. Yeah. 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 The full shebang. So here is all our best bits of the interview. And over there, you get the full version. Uh, yeah. We hope it's worth it. And obviously... Any money it'll, we make it'll, that it'll be edited if there's the like any like breakups or any or like dead space or anything. Don't worry, you, you won't have that in your ear. But better. for the most part, you will get the full. <laughs> I'll just get to when we're young fest 2024. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so please consider going over to our Patreon, and if if not that, at least go and check out our YouTube channel. 
where all of these are posted as videos as well. We are also going through every record that is being played at When We Were Young Fest 2024. So yeah. make sure to subscribe <laughs> so you know when all of these episodes of the pod and all of our reviews and all of our other videos come out over there. YouTube.com slash Emo Social Club. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. So let's go ahead and get into some new music that you should be listening to. Issues has put out their final single, Since I Lost You. Uh, the band is ending their career. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing a run of six shows uh, with the last remaining members. Um, this one features Sky Accord on vocals. Uh, so they're going to be playing these shows with uh, Brian from the home team, yes. but they're only uh, they're, they're, the song itself is going to feature Sky on vocals. So, uh, yeah, this is the last song. It's over. Uh, we went to the show at Concord in, here in Chicago. So the first, I guess, of the last six. Yes. Um, it was great because this is coming out after that show. So and it was great. We had a wonderful time. It was great. Time. We finally saw our besties in nightlife too. Yeah, that was nightlife opened. Uh, Oceano opened here in Chicago, Chicago's own deathcore band <laughs> opening up for Issues. Uh, yeah, it was a great show. Uh, and cheers to Issues. And uh, we miss you already. And um, come back soon. Come back soon. Come back for When We Were Young 2026. <laughs> Besties Barely Civil are back with a new single off of their upcoming album, I'd Say I'm Not Fine, and that's coming out on March 22nd. So this is pretty much your quintessential Midwest emo if you're already looking out for that for the new year. And it was also on Pace Magazine's Pick of the Week rundown, so that's always really cool to see that. Is Barely Civil and Midwest emo going to be the 2024 <laughs> genre? <laughs> I think I think it could be yes. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be fully, but I think it will be for some people. Can I say uh, a little guess of what the genres that are going to pop off in 2024 are going to be? It's going to be Midwest emo. It's going to be shoegaze, and it's going to be post grunge more than it even currently has. It's going to be also a mix of um, some type of more actual like hardcore EDM and actual like hardcore <sighs> and alt music. Hell yeah, for sure. I like it. I'm looking forward to it. Our Friends in Football Head released the third single off their upcoming album. The song is called Like a Blister. Uh, this features friend of the pod, Adam Siska uh, of the Academy Is, friend of ours from all the from way back. From way back when, with one of our very first interviews, was yeah. with Adam Siska. And uh, Lizzie wrote an article about this single for Adobe Radio. Yes, it's the other thing that I do on the side as well. And... It's a short song, like every single football football head song is under two minutes, which is wild. Love it, big and fan of it. <laughs> they, it is so this quintessential, like quintessential early two thousands, late nineties vibe, where the opening almost sounds like Everclear. Hell yeah! I had to keep re-listening to it. I'm like, is this? Remind me of swim out past the <laughs> swim out past the break, and it was it was different, but I really did enjoy it. It is coming off of their debut album, Overthinking Everything, which mm -hmm. is coming out on March first from Tiny Engines, which is a label that was resurrected after a lot of things happened went down <laughs> a few years ago with that, and it, I really like this, and I think in general they're a band that's in this scene that is doing alt rock in such a different way nowadays that we don't see anymore and it could be because there is a lot of 90s and night like mm -hmm. late 90s and early 2000s like alt 
rock radio influence. But even so, they have a few other songs that are up off of that upcoming album they've already released too. That one of them sounds like I had to re- keep listening to it, and I said, "I know what this riff reminds me of," and I'm like, "This sounds like an Alkaline Trio song." Yeah, hell but yeah. it all it's it's all released on Spotify if you listen to it in order. It sounds cohesive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound disjointed. So I think that this is definitely an act that I think everybody needs to keep an eye on yep. and not just because adam siska is in it i think it's great <laughs> that he is um my friend snow ellet suburban indie mm-hmm. um rock star is also in the band as well and he does phenomenal work as in his own indie project and the lead vocalist ryan nolan has also written a lot of these songs and kind of put it all together so i really do think this is the start of like a football head, not a revolution, but I think <laughs> it'll usher in this Chicago indie music scene that was once really, really popular and really hot in like 2010 to like 2015. I think we're going to have a renaissance period of it. Yeah. So make sure to check that out. Also check out Lizzie's article in Adobe Radio on on football head. We have new I Don't Know How, IDK. I don't know how, but they found me. The song is called Infatuation. Lizzie also wrote an article <laughs> about this one. It uh, crazy things where I just write a lot of it's good. Uh, reviews about bands that I do like. So that's not bad. So now I Don't Know How is a solo project. Mm-hmm. After who really knows what happened with Ryan Seaman? <laughs> Twitter says. Yeah, we really money. don't know. But it's Dallin Weeks <laughs> now. And he's just out here straight vibing and into this. It's a shorter song, too. It's obviously very, like, boppy, dancey. But when you listen to the lyrics and if you watch the music video, there's, like, an Uncanny Valley mask Mm. that him or somebody else wears. And they're, like, doing this, like, weird dancing. And it's, like, unsettling. It reminded me, listening more to the lyrics, of the Wombat's Great Tragedy, okay, which is about basically an obsessive fan stalking people. Great, great, great. But when I found what it was supposed to be about, initially, allegedly, this was sent out, but it was wrong. <laughs> it was supposed to be about religious guilt that comes with indulging in your own sexual fixations and fantasies. But uh, Dallin Weeks actually went on his Twitter and said, yeah, they got that wrong. It's supposed to be on the surface. It's about a romantic infatuation, but really it's about indulging in your own ego to the point of neglecting reality and the consequences that always follow. So it's it's a fun song. You still very much dance to it. And they're also coming up on an upcoming tour too. So people can definitely go and see it live. Excellent. Ocean Avenue is being reimagined or at least Yellow Card has posted uh, a teaser on their Twitter that may end up being released tomorrow <laughs> we're recording this before it's actually released so we only have the teaser to go off of but it it does sound like they're reimagining ocean avenue for uh for a different vibe um maybe that's what they do now that they've already done the 20th anniversary shows and i mean they had that steve aoki dance yeah. remix so why not you know go the reimagine route and yeah. do something more slowed <laughs> that i mean i guess everybody maybe people would want i don't know i don't know it's i think yellow card can just keep going um, they announced they're doing a tour with uh, Third Eye Blind this summer. Yeah, they are. So that'll be rad. Uh, hopefully we'll be there. I Ideally love, we'd be there. I love Third Eye Blind, so I want to go. <laughs> uh, Beauty School Dropout. Sorry, let me take that again. Yeah. Beauty School Dropout does a Noah Khan cover with Season of the Sticks. 
Uh, they call this a grunge version. Um, it might just be a video that they're posting on their, their yeah, TikTok. I looked it up and I didn't see anything that they were going to release it. But if there's enough popularity. I mean, so we're just we're literally just posting this because we want them to release the full version. Correct. <laughs> it's a cool cover. It's good. Um, we like Beauty School Dropout. Big fans of them. So drop it. Release the whole single. What are you doing? Why are you? Cowards. Why are you making us wait? Stop. Stop teasing us. Give us the whole thing. Mayday Parade releases a lo-fi, some lo-fi yeah, songs of their baby. songs. We got a, a Jamie All Over was posted today, a collaboration with Less Gravity and Alex apostrophe exclamation point. <laughs> I don't know how to say I don't know how to say it. It's just Alex. Uh, it looks like the five tracks are all out now. It's all just lo-fi versions of their songs. Yeah. Um, it has like that lo-fi girl imagery on their YouTube. So. Maybe if you're looking for some emo vibes to study to. <laughs> there is a um, emo alt playlist of lo-fi because Less Gravity has collaborated with um, Pure Noise to do a lot of different renditions. So there's like a Hot Mulligan one. There is a Census Fill one. Are they on Pure Noise? Yes, they are. There was a Census Fill one. I remember I listened through it one day just to like understand the vibe. It's it is like chill vibes to study too, like for sure. Yeah, always good. Uh, and it's cool that Mayday Parade is is jumping on that. I like it. Good for you, Mayday. Uh, and if you're if you're listening to this, make sure that you're subscribed to our YouTube because uh, this Friday we are dropping our third review of the When We Were Young albums, and we're going to be reviewing A Lesson in Romantics by Mayday Parade. So you want to make sure you're there to listen to that. We're reviewing every record from When We Were Young, 2024. So, yeah, make sure you subscribe so you get to uh, to partake in those reviews when they come out. Yeah, we're also going to tell you if it's a set you should see or not. So you can also see our controversial takes and yeah. then let us know in the comments how you feel about it. It's just arguing for 20 minutes about albums we love. <laughs> and Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties are back. They have a single called In Lieu of Flowers. For those who don't know, Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties is the side project of Dan Campbell from The Wonder Years. Uh, they put out a lot of music. They've done some tours before, so I guess it's just uh, they're back now. Um, and Lizzie, who just has to write articles about all this stuff yeah. uh, for it's work. It's my job, actually. It's so <laughs> yeah. crazy. Legally, I always have to write about new music. Lizzie has to write it because somebody has paid her to do it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's let's go ahead and get Lizzie paid real quick and uh, plug your article from Adobe Radio. Yeah. it's This track is actually the title track called In Lieu of Flowers, and it's... Obviously, when you hear Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties, you're going to think, oh, should I have, like, horns and everything? At least when I hear anything about, like, the Twenties, I'm like, <laughs> It is not a vibe that sounds anything like the Roaring Twenties. Well, I will tell you. <laughs> in the beginning of the song, it opens with kind of this brass string section that kind of gets you into it. And very in true, fat, like, Dan Campbell fashion, also of the Wonder Years, obviously, it's very devastating in the lyrics to yeah. listen to. And going through it, this is a band. We have a lot of bands and artists that have done concept albums, or they've off-spun those concept albums into I like believe, graphic novels. I believe actually, the Roaring Twi or Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties is a concept. It's in a concept band. Yes. Yeah, that is what is so interesting and different about this. So it's basically picking up off of the last album that came out, where Aaron West, who is the main character in all of this is basically coming to terms with what has happened in his past, having to like be accountable for things and to kind of like stitch up his open wounds and 
figure out what to do in life and to move on. So I'm pretty sure the rest of this album is going to be devastating yeah. for everybody. Everyone's going to have a fucking emotional time. Danny Cams can write some sad, sad songs. Uh, and I think that's why people love uh, The Wonder Years and why they love Aaron West so much. So uh, yeah. look forward to that. April 12th is when everyone's going to be devastated unless <laughs> you are you bought tickets to the already sold out Ashbury Lane show in New Jersey, which is the day before you would hear the record early. Yeah, we hope you're there. We will not be because we're not there. It will be live stream for people, though. They are selling live stream tickets if you're a huge <laughs> Aaron West fan and you yeah. were not able to go. Yeah. Check it out. After this break, we have some music news coming your way. And now let's get into the news of the week. All right. We're going to jump into a little bit of music news that happened over the last week. Uh, talk about some stories that maybe you missed, stories that maybe you heard about. Give you some news. Yeah, we'll give you our takes, too, on it, lightly, and then you could have your own takes. The news and the takes. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> oh, Jesus. We're starting off hot and right off the bat. Machine Gun Kelly released a signature guitar that is shaped like a razor blade, and the internet does not like that he released a guitar that looks like a razor blade. Um, now, he released a bunch of pop-punk records, <laughs> pop-punk songs, pop-punk stuff. Two pop punk records, and it looks like he's no longer doing that. It looks like he's going back to being a rapper. Rapper now. I mean, a rap artist. He played uh, some holiday shows in Ohio, which is his home state, and he previewed a song that had Fifi Dobson as a sample on it, which is more canonically pop punk emo in a way because of the sound of it. But everything that we heard from the video, somebody took who was there. It was all rapping. I'm like, ah, it's it's over. We we he's been, we're yeah. done. <laughs> he's been doing like rap uh, songs and singles and and some freestyle stuff on his YouTube channel recently. So I mean, it looks like he's moving out of it. But this this razor blade guitar is clearly, as he has even said on Twitter, it's influenced by "Tickets to My Downfall." It was it was the lyrics of the title track, yeah. literally title track. That's the <laughs> name of the song. Um, so I I think he's just trying to to use that as as some. A, a return to that song and a return to that era and saying, Oh, I'm using this as like the iconography of that, that moment in my life. A lot of people have been talking about how it's gotta be like just an awful guitar. <laughs> that is just not even going to be a good guitar. I, which did, I did see somebody who is a guitarist comment about it on Twitter saying that, I guess the pickups are like the most basic ones and yes. it's not adding any value and I know that you can add pickups to a guitar. It is costly to do it, and you have to see if it you're, works. You're, but you're doing aftermarket work on yeah. a guitar that is. Um, so this, the, let me go back a step. This guitar is with Schecter. Yes, uh, that is the company that is producing it. Uh, originally, it was going for twenty one sixty nine. And now suddenly it has come down to the low, low price of fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, that's thousand, not yeah, fourteen dollars like and ninety nine cents. One thousand four hundred and ninety nine. Uh, and there are a couple other guitars that are black and pink bodies, but like uh, they're normal looking, they're normal yeah, guitars. But the the razor blade one is the one that got all the attention. Yeah, um, I I think for so so the obvious connotation that people thought was this is glorifying cutting, and especially in like the emo and pop punk scene, that yeah. is an issue with self harm and glorifying that with a guitar here's my take on this yes you're right in that a razor blade does do that razor blades are used for many things right in the song he uses it to cut drugs <laughs> cocaine yeah so i mean he is not necessarily describing it as only that 
but I do understand where everybody saw it and said, this is the connotation about this thing. I would say it's probably just going to be a crappy guitar and yeah. it's going to be something that you would probably just have if you were like a really big MGK fan. Um, they are out there for anybody who says like he switched genres to, to pop punk to make money. Like he was big as a hip hop artist, so you can't deny it. Like he had record sales. He was, he has well relevancy. Yes. He has stands. Yes. Like I was trying to follow this and like research a little bit more just so I knew more about this. And in the Twitter algorithm, if you click one thing about it, they're like, oh, you want more? Yeah. So I've been seeing so many MGK stan accounts. Yes. And it is. There's a ton. There, there's just so many. Granted, like, I'm on, like, Jonas Brothers stan Twitter and Follow Boy, too. So, like, we're out there. But, like, sometimes you just look at an artist and you're like, damn. Yeah. There's there's a lot for MGK. So, I mean, there's definitely people that are going to be interested in getting this guitar. Um, I really just stand on like make it a good guitar then if you're going to charge so much for this guitar and you're going to make a big statement like that and you're going to make a big statement like at least make it like a really good guitar and put like good pieces in it so that it's worth the money that you're spending on it um but i think that mgk is doing this for attention like i think it's just marketing for his general pop punk records and and all that stuff so i i'm not reading too much into this i think i think that generally people just have a bad uh, or they're just kind of I don't like MGK and so they're using this yeah. as another reason not to like him that that to me is just the only way that it reads I think it's that and I've seen people argue about him kind of trying to glorify self-harm yeah. and suicide and things of that nature but I will also point out that way back in the days a lot of the bands we love and still listen to also use that type of imagery Hawthorne Heights a lot too yeah Hawthorne Heights the song that we all scream sing it's I mean, I'm not saying it's good or bad either way. It's a it's a way that people have written things to cope, to reflect yeah. on what happened, to see where they are now than where they were before. In MGK's case, I saw that he tweeted out about it, and he just said, no one understands my art, and that's what makes me upset. This yeah. is my reasoning behind it. And it's like, okay, I get it. But I think it is a way for him and his team to still milk that pop punk like scene that he was in and then just kind of like, stepped out of really quickly yep and to just get some more revenue and also just get lip service about yep. mgk again because we haven't heard a lot about him lately so it's the new year maybe that means he has new music or an album coming out maybe he is finally going to get married to Megan fox or they're going to get they're going to break up i don't know maybe it's something like that there's so many other things that it could be but that's kind of where i sit on it is that it's i also saw it the first time i saw it on the state of the scene podcast and i thought they were trolling i thought this was a joke i did too and i found i found another link immediately after i was like oh shit this is legitimate yeah. it's a little bit too hard times <laughs> like it's a little bit too on the nose we like, have not done, the onion we, type listen shit. we're at the point in society where we really <laughs> do have to sit down and say is this Parody satirical or article yeah. or is this for realsies now yeah. Uh, anyway, if you're a guitarist, um, probably don't play the MGK guitar. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's that one. Uh, T-Pen covers a bunch of songs. Uh, we've seen a lot of people recognizing that T-Pain, Teddy Pain, uh, can sing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy because I like, feel like he's been in the game for so long and most... Okay, so this is wild because uh, he did a cover of War Pigs by Black Sabbath 
he also did a song Tennessee Whiskey. There's a bunch of of, of uh, covers that have come out and have been posted. There are yeah. the clips going around, and people are like surprised that he is such a good singer. And I'm like, yeah, he definitely did a cover of War Pigs a long time ago. <laughs> I feel this like, is not new. But I feel because they did it for this specific special called yes. On Top of the Covers. And it I feel like everyone was just shocked because he was doing a lot more vintage rock, like big dad rock. Yeah. And he did the biggest dad rock anthem of all, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Yep. And I feel like when you hear that and then you hear him do all these other more, not like hard vocals, but very distinct. Mm-hmm. And a little bit sometimes difficult vocals for even sometimes some modern day singers. And you see him absolutely just annihilate. Yeah. And you're just no, like, what the f-? it's like effortless for him too. He is an actually super talented artist. I am. I think I am personally surprised because everyone's finding it out now. And I feel like I've known about this for a minute. Like I All right, been, Brian, I knew I'm a it T-Pain first. fan. Um, I've been a T-Pain fan for a long time. I am unfazed by the fact that T-Pain is destroying these covers. But uh, it's getting the attention of other people because Ozzy Osbourne, the singer of Black Sabbath, yeah. tweeted about how this is the best cover he's ever heard. Which is wild. I saw not, that. Not specifically War Pigs, just the best cover he's ever heard. That's all he tweeted. Now, Ozzy is doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne is there for the time right now. Good. So we can, Keep going, King. We can all right? make assumptions about what, how many covers he's heard and whether it's the best of yeah. all covers. But obviously, T-Pain crushed this cover. Yeah. Uh, again, I think he's done this before. <laughs> I'll insert right here in the video or the... If there is uh, an I'll send you audio one. and be like, yo, editor's note. Like, I'll, I'll literally do this and be like, hey, this is post... This is future Brian. Um, yeah, he did this cover. Here it is. Or, hey, this is future Brian. Nah, I made that up. It's like he's lying. It's just in his little brain. This is fake news for the internet. Um, anyway, I think that Ozzy is definitely saying this is the best War Pigs cover. And it is insanely good. War Pigs is a cover a lot more bands should do, even though it's like an eight-minute song. It's t- way too long. I think that's why people don't do it. The The Dresden Dolls did it at Riot Fest. Jesus. on piano and drums they've done that but before that makes too. sense for they've, them they've played that many like there's live recordings of them doing that i before. mean that's almost like when fall boy played crazy train when we saw him at wrigley field it's almost like that but it's almost it's <laughs> way better than them playing we didn't start the fire at all uh again fallout boy a band with a lot of albums to be playing so many covers <laughs> i i would love to put t-pain's version of don't stop believing against fallout boy's version of it and I guarantee that I would rather hear T-Pain doing it. <laughs> I would rather hear nobody doing Don't Stop Believing, honestly. <laughs> Including Journey. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we hope that T-Pain... T-Pain seems to be like teasing this for a tour uh, that he might be going out this summer. So I hope so because... Brian will be front and center. Love T-Pain. I'll be there love with the T-Pain. T-Pain shirt that I stole from Brian. Yep. Because it's hard as shit. Yep. <laughs> T-Pain goes hard, dude. Like, I hope he's out this summer. I hope he's playing some of these covers. I think it's going to be awesome so you know the runaways the band that like joan jett came from and everything so (laughs) i mean they haven't been in the news as much as joan jett has been since she was in the band correct (laughs) yes but so one of the founding members sherry curry went on twitter and just decided to be surprisingly transphobic and has been on that for a little bit for a little bit this is so weird so uh, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like she was looking at a photo of David Bowie, 
and like the androgyny of the 70s, which that was a like a style, a especially thing. in rock and like absolutely, uh, and 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 a lot of music was androgyny and acting. You know, like we're we're in between. I mean, there New is York no gender. Dolls, there is all Blondie, this. Yeah, they were obviously the pinnacles of like alternative pop, rock, and punk during yeah. that time, and it was very new and jolting. But it became a little bit more mainstream because of Bowie. We look back, yeah, we look at like anything that David Bowie and did during like Ziggy Stardust, and it's like, yeah, this is it. He's supposed to be an alien, yeah. <laughs> but also like clearly there is playing with gender and and how gender is a construct and that it doesn't mean anything and all this. So it's just kind of crazy. Uh, and, and you can describe what the actual tweet was, but it just like she's basically kind of saying like there was no confusion as to whether he was a man or a woman. We just dressed like that or some shit like that. It was basically saying when I was younger, I saw Bowie and I wanted to be like him. I wanted to dress like him yeah. and present, you know, but present I still like Bowie. To be a woman. Right. <laughs> and it basically boiled down to, yeah, if it was like modern times and I said that I would have like my breasts chopped off and on like testosterone and I would be grown up and regret everything. And I was like, whoa, whoa, this took a huge fucking Wild. left ass a turn out of nowhere yeah and even when i was pulling um links to just go back and just like look through and send it to brian she was still on it she was still posting she did stuff. not double that she, she doubled she down doubled she did down. not back down uh i don't there was a bunch of other things that came into it too about talking about pronouns and yeah. the variety of them that are out there now it's it's like, dude, come on. If David Bowie was around, David Bowie would not stand for this David shit. David Bowie would not stand for this. David Bowie did this. David Bowie, st I'm going to use a phrase that I've heard on the internet too much lately. David Bowie stood on business and was <laughs> not, he like, uh, he was very, um, I guess, progressive, especially in the 70s. He was very progressive for someone who played with gender and was very uh, prominent on discussions of race and uh, and women and uh, was very, very outwardly supportive of these marginalized communities. And it's funny that these artists that like are from the 70s and 80s end up um, they, they end up like kind of running with this right wing conversations now, like anti trans, uh, anti gay. She also did say today she is anti covid vaccine. Of course. Other like, vaccines sounds like they're okay though. By yeah. what? How is she specified that it was specifically the COVID vaccine? But like thinking of like Johnny Rotten too, John Lydon, and John Lydon has been like pro Trump. No, actually, so Trump supporter. Actually, the counterculture is the right, and Republicans are counterculture. It's like first of all, you're British. So like you don't have any skin up. in this game right now, homie. Uh, like so when you were saying God save the queen, were you like actually though, like the queen, like, like kind of cool, mm, kind of tight. Like kind of chill now. You know, like yeah. Elizabeth, she dead. Yeah. We got we got Charles John in Lyden, here. Now. John Lydon being like, Oh, I missed the queen. She was my favorite. I would kiss her on the cheek if I could. <laughs> I miss her so fucking much. Oh, <laughs> Sorry to my British listeners. Sorry for my British Everybody, accent. Everybody, like, just... I apologize to all my listeners in the UK, but I think you've been dealing with John Lydon for longer than we have. Yeah, we, we can send him back. Are the Runaways also an industry plant? I think so. <laughs> Damn. 
Well, I mean, what's it with these '70s industry plants? That well, the just issue end up was being... is that when when Elise when Cherie Curie was recruited for, I believe she was only like 13, 14 years old. So there's like a whole other God. whole other string of issues there Lord. with exploitation of young girls. A lot of really dark things um, no, that yeah. happened there. So that's also to be acknowledged. Like fucked up shit happened with that too. Um, but something also she did tweet a couple days ago about what she had said about folks who are trans and pronouns. She says, quote, to be clear, I support all in caps people be who you want to be by hands off in all caps are kids. No G I or sex taught taught to babies. It is not in all caps normal to include K through four as the years to explore sexuality. Let parents caps parent caps, not the caps school's job. (laughs) Give them simplicity, not this capitalist madness academia has created. Damn, she would hate being in my class because I asked for everybody's pronouns first. I mean, it's so simple. And I mean, this, I believe GI stands for gender indoctrination. Yeah, that's what Um, I I wasn't sure what that was. Yeah, I believe that's what it stands for. So, um, for the, we don't generally get into these conversations on the podcast when we talk about the interviews, but generally, um, Trans people are uh, real people, <laughs> and this yeah, is, this shit is not happening. It is a very small percentage of this, and there is a large scale um, brainwashing campaign to say to these people that believe that this is a massive uh, concern or like a trend that's also been thrown around. The so, issue, the the thing is, is that uh, LGBTQ people have been around for forever it's just not been socially accepted yes so the idea and now they're that, just able to be out with, yeah you know there are unfortunately still assholes out there and so there are things and that can happen <laughs> but yeah, you can be out there freely for for the most part it's uh it's disappointing to see people who are in the punk rock and uh progressive music scenes to fall prey to these obviously incorrect obviously uh conspiracy theory type shit so uh hey sherry curie um get well soon (laughs) get better do better (laughs) do better fuck that we are entering the season of festival and summer tour announcements so some of those are coming down on the announcements (laughs) it's about to come down the pike so a lot of announcements are coming out right now, uh, preparing everybody for fests that are happening in like May, June, like early summer. Um, so we had a couple announcements that came out, and um, oh boy, the first one was a real what is, disappointment. What is our summer about to be? So so Boston Calling Music Festival Ooh. announced their lineup uh, on Friday. It's headlined by Ed Sheeran and Leon Bridges. Saturday, headlined by Tyler Childers and Trey Anastasio. And on Sunday, The Killers and Hosier. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine, Ron. Um, just seems like a little light, I guess. Um, Even the undercard is very underwhelming, which I, I will say the last few festivals that I've been to, I've been like, I'm going for the undercard specifically and maybe one or two headliners. Usually it's like the headliners don't necessarily sell the entire fest. Right. But we can look at these and say, likely 
Some of these are going to be on most of the summer festivals mm -hmm. throughout the country. They're doing their festival runs. So here in Chicago, we'll see them at Lala. Other cities, other states will have their major festivals that will also feature a lot of these similar artists. Just kind of tends to be the way of of how this goes. They book festival shows for the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so I think we can assume from this that it's going to be a big summer for Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Ed Sheeran's just going to be there. I mean, I will say on that same day, Renee Rapp is also going to be most likely at least at Lala here in Chicago, which yeah. would make the most sense. Young the Giant's on it, too. I hope the Young the Giant shows up here and, and does some Frank other Frank Turner is on this one. On Saturday, we got Frank Turner and Bad Rabbits, uh, two artists that I absolutely love, but... I mean, even seeing like those two artists, I'm like, I have no idea who Tyro Childers is. I train Astacio is from Fish. That's all I yeah, know. Yeah, so you got Fish, and then you have basically New Americana Country. Yeah, I don't care for. I mean, that. I saw Tyler Childers at Shaky Knees in like 2017, 2018 when I went, and I was actually like shocked. That's usually not the type of music I listen to, but it was a very enjoyable set. Yeah. And then he blew up, and I know he sold out like Salt Shed here. Yeah. And it was silly crazy, but. I feel like that vibe is definitely for like your like your dad to like hang a, out with it's, you. It's in, normies, like it's yeah. a, it's a normie core lineup. Um, I would recommend everybody check out Frank Turner and Bad Rabbits. I don't know if it's worth going, but I do just just separately check those like out. find them. Um, I am hoping that the Killers is on tour this summer. Uh, I think if the Killers switched it up and instead of playing Lala, they play riot fest they're not gonna do that. i think that would be <laughs> the a killers silly mix makes up. so much money the killers is a is a full-on legacy rock act now i mean we had foo fighters we had foo fighters but because the, they already played lala <laughs> they're like wow we're gonna play a fest but we're not gonna play um yeah i i think that this is like a little bit of a sign of what's going to be happening throughout the country this year i'm hoping uh that the other bands also <laughs> like I hope there's better bands that are also filling out that undercard. Yeah, I wish I will say Chappelle Roan. She's been doing amazing. She's such good, fun, new indie pop. If you haven't checked her out, definitely check her out. This is where I'm like Lizzie works for a music publication and I only hear bands that I listened to in 2001 to 2008. <laughs> so that's why I'm like the killers. Yeah. I mean, Hosier too. Hosier. Fantastic. Hosier's good. Hosier's Fantastic good. show Megan Stallion is, is, uh, is the, the next name on Sunday. So it would, it'll be, imagine going from doing some hot girl shit and then you get immediately depressed by yeah. Hosier. That's exactly what, and then the Got killers it. come back in, pick yeah. it right back up. That's a, that's, that's, that's what fine. I need, actually. Yeah, that's, that's like a, a perfect, lineup. yeah. Uh, so that is the lineup for Boston Calling. Uh, not exciting to us personally, but uh, let's talk about another festival that announced Bonnaroo. Uh, this really, is a four-day festival. Really picking it up from last year, honestly. It's picking it up. So on Friday, it's headlined by Pretty Lights, DJ that I believe came back. They did four nights here in Chicago, and... I know their name is huge. I've listened to them before. I'm glad that people like them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fine. Uh, we have a lot of other acts that are also playing. Um, uh, we have a lot of acts that are also playing Boston Calling here. Uh, Friday night is Post Malone. Saturday night is Red Hot Chili Peppers. And Sunday night is Fred again. And I think Fred again is going to be on a lot of fest this summer as yeah, well. Yeah, he's been popping off. I haven't really listened to much Fred again, but I have heard a lot of statements saying that he's like 
this bridge of like emo to mainstream EDM. Yeah, he does a lot more uh like he makes the music on stage. Like he's he he's not it, just DJing yeah. it, he's actually like playing music. It, yeah. yeah. Well he's playing. Mixing is DJing. Playing is I'm playing an instrument. Okay. He's actually like playing things on stage. So he's not just like pressing play on a on a playlist. Okay, gotcha. Uh which is something that a lot of other DJs do. So I believe uh, just from his writing and his performance, people are really going to uh, be seeing a lot of him. But at least with Bonnaroo, there's a better <laughs> undercard. So we've got artists like Guar is on That's Thursday. Like, that was one that was out of fucking left field. I was like, people are going to see it and then be covered in blood and then go. And see the- pretty lights. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is also a really big kind of like psych rock yeah lineup so that's why i'm like why is it, it's not playing here? i mean <laughs> and military gun is also on there and i like them but they're more like modern indie punk so i feel like they could be on yeah. literally any other day but this day <laughs> yeah it's just it's a very odd uh thursday night uh on friday we also have maggie rogers we've got interpol we got T Pain, Teddy Pain, the Mars Volta is also the Mars here. Volta. We got Love Joy, which is also playing got Boston group Calling. Love, let's go. Group love, they are on an upcoming spring tour, so maybe at the later half of the year we'll see them on a couple of the last minute festivals. Yeah, we also got Thundercat. Uh, so oh, yeah, Thundercat, please fuck. come back. Thundercat is so good. Thundercat is such a fun show. Uh, on Saturday we got. Cage the Elephant. Oh, hell yeah. We got Diplo. We got... Was Renee Rapp on the album? I don't know. Yeah, Renee Rapp. She's we also got, on Boston Calling, so yeah. it's safe to say she's going to be on the major festivals yeah. this year. Idols this year. We got year. Idols, but we also got Sean Paul. Let's go. John DePaul. <laughs> Can't not say it. Uh, and then on Sunday, we got Megan Thee Stallion again, so Megan Thee Stallion probably going to be on a lot of the fests. We got Carly Rae. Oh, hell yeah. We got Taking Back. Oh, I forgot to mention the main is also on Saturday. Uh, yeah, so we got some emo There's a couple like emo there. just like thrown in there yeah. for like uh, funsies. Sunday, we got Taking Back Sunday. We got Ash Nico. Ash Nico is a big uh, big artist for some of our, our Milky friends. Milky Chance is the also Milky in there. Milky Chance. Chappelle Rowan is also there. So again, yeah. she will probably be on a bunch of other bigger fests. The biggest question I have is this thing at the top in a little circle the Dashboard Confessional Emo Super Jam. There's now, no you, date on it. You so. mentioned that it was a psych rock type festival. And and yeah, Bonnaroo has traditionally been more of like a hippie style Yeah, because you thing. have to camp, which yeah. is why I'm always very much deterred from it. So the idea of doing like, we're going to do a jam band type thing, but it's Dashboard. That, that's where you're going to hear Constantine. That's not where you're going to hear That's where you're going to hear Constantine, Brian. No, you're going to hear hands down, but it's going to have extended intro. No, that's what Constantine is. That's what those people want to hear. They're going to be so strung out on whatever drugs they are. They're going to be like, Constantine. Andrew McMahon's going to walk out on stage and everyone's going to go, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Who's this guy? No, Andrew McMahon will, will play punk rock princess and everybody will jump up and down and it'll be great. Hell yeah. Anyway, I mean, I think this is a better lineup. I'm I'm still not sold to, like, go and camp out and be in a field to listen to an Emo Super Jam. Uh, emo Super Jam is the name of our second podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not convinced to do that. But I do think that if we see a lot of these artists on festivals throughout the country, if this is, like, the first 
uh, sign of who we're going to be seeing this summer. Uh, I'm excited. There's a lot of good artists on here, but really I'm like, just put T-Pain on every festival lineup, yeah. period. Put T-Pain on Riot Fest. I don't fucking care. Put T-Pain on every fest. <laughs> I want to see him at Lala, and then I want to see him go, surprise, I'm also playing Riot Fest. Yeah, it's like Radio's Claws. I don't know her. MGK did it. <laughs> yeah, just let, him, just let him fucking do it. Let, let him do it. it. Uh, so we'll we'll have more announcements when there's more festivals that are in our neck of the woods, too, because if there's one thing we love from Chicago, it's Chicago. Yep. And this is our final story. Paramore not breaking up. Absolutely not. They've made a tease. They are teasing a Talking Heads cover in partnership with A24. <laughs> it was so crazy. I remember I, I saw it really quickly and it said A24. So I thought people were saying like, oh, the music video is A24 coded. But no, it's, it's in a collaboration an with a, them yeah. because they're doing a restoration of Stop Making Sense, which is a concert film by the Talking Heads. And in the teaser, you hear Haley Williams singing Burning Down the House. That is by the Talking Heads. Yeah. Absolutely insane. I I will say I don't listen to the talking heads like that, but I did see David Byrne and his solo project at Shaky Knees, and they had the whole gray suits thing. Yep. No socks, no shoes. They're barefoot on stage. <laughs> there was like 20 people. There was him and then dancers and then like um, you know, instrumentalists and singers. One of the best performances yep. I have ever seen in my life. Talking Heads is a legendary band. Um, I won't say that I'm like the hugest fan either. I do like the songs Burning Down the House, Once in a Lifetime. Uh, there's some good tracks by Talking Heads, and they've influenced a lot of artists that are in our emo scene, Paramore included. Um, so I think it's exciting that they're doing this. Paramore deleted all of their socials. Yeah. They removed everything. They dropped out of a couple festival appearances, and so... I do think that it is a nice thing that they've announced this. Well, if just to say we are doing something, we're not breaking up. And like analysis that came from that was like, hey, they just did this is why. Why would they just disappear and like quit? Here's the thing. They are now a free agent. They are yeah. no longer tied to their 20 year record contract. Yes. With Atlantic, I believe. Right. Yeah, yeah. I believe it was. And you want to know what's crazy? They signed like a 14 year old girl. <laughs> And her homies. We're not talking about to that. a twenty-year contract. They were obviously signed to Fuel by. They was in partnership. They got on Atlantic. It's a whole thing. But I do think it was strange that they deleted all their social media just because they were out of their record contract. Uh, people were saying that's the reason. I'm like, yeah, they don't make you do that. Well, that's a new <laughs> that usually in like pop music, that's when a new cycle right exactly starts. So it could definitely mean that they are doing something new. I saw some rumors, and I don't know what how valid this is, about them trying to pull a Taylor Swift and re-record All We Know Is Falling, but That's I really haven't <laughs> seen anything news. about it. And I'm like, I don't feel like that would be the case, and it would be way bigger of a deal if it was and probably more publicly out there to find yeah. information about. Uh, it's strange, but I think that this is a good... Thank you, Paramore, for saying something and doing something so that we don't feel like... You're leaving again. Dude, I just feel like if Paramore says we're actually breaking up, we're done. Like, that's 
that's going to be hard to take. Yeah, um, there's like certain, and even if they did come back in 10 years or something, I don't know. I would still be absolutely devastated. Paramore can take their time. Do whatever you want. You're Paramore. You're, you're, you're a beautiful band. You're one of the greatest bands of all time. You can do whatever you want. So just take your time and, and do it. But yeah, please don't break up. Please don't. Please don't break up, Paramore. Just stay psych. Please. Uh, anyway, we're looking at looking forward to the Talking Heads uh, record. Uh, we don't know who else is on it. It's only Paramore that's announced that they're doing a song on it. But it's they know it's going to be tracks. yeah. So there's going to be at least 15 other bands. Yeah, and we'll find out. But uh, looking forward to hearing the record and hearing more from Paramore on this. And uh, yeah, good job, Paramore. You did it. You didn't break my heart. This time. This time. <laughs> Let's get into it. Here is our interview with the band Hungover. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you from emosocialclub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie, and we're here with Orlando, Florida's very own Hungover. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for having me. Uh, I was going to say... Well, I, I should have you say your name first and who you are, what you oh, do in the band, all that cool. stuff before I start talking about your record. But uh, yeah, I'll have you introduce yourself and uh, and and what you do in the band and and right. the other guys if uh, you want my, to. <laughs> um, my name is Mark. I sing in Hungover. I play a little guitar sometimes, uh, and I dance a lot. Uh, and the other members are Sean and Gabe. They are not here right now, unfortunately. But yeah, just me. Yeah. Um, we watched a few, well, I watched a few of your music videos, uh, before this and, um, like I, I, I normally, <laughs> sometimes we get bands where I'm just like, this is not the sound for me, but I appreciate like the people in the band. But this time I'm like, no, I actually really like the music. <laughs> this is like, Hell yeah. this is exactly my style. Um, I don't know if you've heard like comparisons to like Coheed or, or anything like that before, but that Dude, to me was like that, the first thing that struck out to me. That's always been so crazy. Cause we get compared to Coheed every so often and that's one of our drummers favorite bands mm. I didn't listen to Coheed until like five years ago yeah. it's like a relatively <laughs> new thing for me um and I've I've been curious about like uh going back and trying to figure out like what influenced Coheed to see if we have like similar <laughs> vibes because it's always a it's always in relation to my voice. Mm. And like, I don't think sonically we sound the same. Like, uh, he has a much higher register than yes. me, <laughs> but like the, like the actual notes that we're singing and like the way the songs are structured. Um, and I think there's like, definitely like a, like a core element to Coheed. Mm. Um, and we, I come from a post hardcore background. So like, I don't know if that's where it comes from or what, but we always get that comparison. And I'm like, that's a real head scratcher because like <laughs> when people are like fall out boy, panic at the disco, mm -hmm. I'm like, totally yes. makes sense. I've been ripping them off since I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it took me but, like, I was listening to your, so Tori was nice enough to send us a link to the preview of the album. And I was listening to it and I sat like five songs in. I'm like, this, your voice sounds so familiar to like another band that I don't listen to as frequently, but I know I've heard them before. And like I got to like the end of the album, I said, "Oh, this reminds like your vocals reminds me of Young the Giant, which mm. is very left field." But I was like sitting there, and I was like, "What band is this? I know what band this is. Freaking, like I've heard their songs." I freaking love Young the Giant. <laughs> when when I first started uh, dating my now partner, I uh, we went to go see Young the Giant. 
and it's like the greatest show that I've ever been to. And ever since then, it's been like our band. Mm. And like, I've been like trying to sneak bits of like indie and like that kind of alternative into Hungover for forever. So the fact that you listened to the, the new record all the way through and you got it, like that's <laughs> like that rocks. I freaking love Young the Giant. Let's uh let's shout out the record right now. Uh the new record is called Sorry, <laughs> where's my notes? I'm reading it over my microphone. Uh When It Touches the Heart, Everything Resolves, coming out February 16th via Smart Punk Records. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the record and what to expect with it and probably more Young the Giant sure. on it? <laughs> yeah, all the Young the Giant on it. <laughs> so uh the the record is has been uh, a long time coming. We kind of went on a hiatus for about probably like four years on it. It was a weird like intermittent thing. We would play shows. We would kind of record music sometimes. Then we would kind of go back into hiding. Um, but just life got weird. Everything got really weird. And uh, we slowly accidentally wrote a record. Uh, we kind of came up with a bunch of songs and then kind of cut them down to 11. And then we kind of realized we had a label obligation and then kind of realized that like <laughs> we still loved playing music together and started playing shows and then playing those songs live and uh kind of like breathed life into them and uh all of a sudden we're, we're active and putting out music again and um it's it's interesting because uh, i mentioned to you guys when we were kind of talking before we started recording um it really does feel like it's, it's like a coming of age record and uh, I wrote this record at a time where I was growing up and realizing myself as an adult and becoming uh, almost like the person that I am going to be for the rest of my life is what it feels like. I could be totally wrong. Everything could change tomorrow, but <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. But I wrote a lot of these lyrics anywhere between three to five years ago. Um, so now we're putting this record out and uh, it's uh, trying to find the right words for it. It's really interesting to hear people talk about it and to be talking about it and to be like finally putting it out and hear how people are reacting to these singles and all that stuff because I can now process who I was back then and process the the lyrics and what I felt and how I still feel and what's similar and what's different. And it's, I don't know, like I, it's cool. I'm excited. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sorry, that was that was a little tangential. Oh, no, that's good. It's, it all uh, works out. It's, it's really just like uh, me opening up to whoever wants to listen, letting them know like this is kind of who I am right now, and these are the things that I've discovered about myself, and this is who I want to be, and this is who I used to be, and I am taking this moment to take an inventory of who I am as a person, um, and what needs to change, what needs to stay, and just the the fellas put a real rock and soundtrack behind it you know <laughs> like, it's uh, yes it's it's crying while dancing you know i gotta I say it does feel and and maybe um you're kind of like sparking something in me where i'm like we had we obviously had covid where everything stopped and everybody was like indoors and really just figuring out that internal side and then covid quote unquote ended just so people on the audio version know i'm not saying covid ended i'm saying for all intents and purposes we are back Pan out in the, the world the pandemic technically ended the pandemic yeah. ended covid just still there just crushing it 
we're no longer in a state of international emergency yes yes uh i'm in, in a state of internal emergency um <laughs> <laughs> but then then everybody got to go back out we had events again we had fests we had concerts we had all this stuff that people got back out into the world and now that it's kind of been like a couple of years of that like 2024 seems like it's a lot it's a time when people are kind of going into the year saying like you know i i'm i'm figuring myself out and i'm trying new things and i'm i'm not necessarily going to just like stick to the same old thing that i've done before i'm going to try this stuff and go into the new year we're, we're recording this right at the beginning of the new year so like this is the time when everyone's like yeah i'm, I'm doing this i'm not going to do the same thing i've i've been doing forever yeah. and it feels like maybe like we're uh, we're separated enough from that time that we were all isolated that now going into this time we're like time for reflection now that we've had the the outdoor time now that we've touched enough grass for the last couple of years we can like do some self-reflection and introspection i have noticed a lot of the whole like not like necessarily like new year new me type posts <laughs> but like this is what i'm changing this year mm -hmm. this is what i'm gonna hold myself accountable to like i'm sure you guys have seen the oh, yeah. um the ins and outs posts yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, i think that's so that's awesome <laughs> like you decide what's trending for you and you just you just roll with it um i kind of uh I said this in, a, in another interview recently, and when I said it, I was like, this is exactly how I feel about the pandemic. Did you guys watch Dragon Ball Z? Oh, yeah. Ryan's Massive a big fan. Dragon Ball Z fan. I do a really so, good Vegeta impression, oh but I only, I only tell people that, and then I never do the impression. Oh, my <laughs> um, So there was an episode or a series of episodes, I forget what it was, where Gohan and Goku go into this chamber where inside the chamber it's a year mm -hmm. but on out the outside of the chamber it's a day mm -hmm. and they do this so that i forget i think i think it was cell that was uh, training for cell this. it was it was training yeah. gohan to be super saiyan level two uh exactly. because goku had already achieved it and, and uh, that's yeah the pandemic yeah <laughs> if you the hyperbolic time so, chamber <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of feels like everybody's coming out of their like hyperbolic time chamber and uh, it's it's interesting to be in a place where everyone has to be with themselves and everybody has to take time and uh, not have freedom because you can't really go outdoors or do the things that you would normally do. But you have time to take up crocheting or to <laughs> learn about the Industrial Revolution <laughs> or uh, learn Shrek line by line front mm -hmm. to back or <laughs> whatever it is that you want to do figure out your um, vegeta impression yeah and it's yeah figure out your vegeta impression you know like it's, um and i think that that really is in a roundabout way like the essence of the record we took a lot of time to figure out if we wanted to be a band anymore um if we wanted to write new music if we just wanted to play shows how much new music we wanted to write um we lost members during the pandemic uh people moved away uh it's it's just so it's like we we made it a four-year time capsule almost and now we're, we're putting it out uh with like a new a new lens if that makes sense mm -hmm. well and from there too listening to your first album that you did put out wilt it's much more pop punk compared mm -hmm. to this upcoming album as well and i'm wondering what 
that catalyst was for you to kind of transition into there? Because we can tell with some of the other singles you would put out along the way that it was blowing through and going to get there eventually. But what were the mm -hmm. inspirations that kind of also helped with you getting to that point with this new sound? So what was interesting about Wilt is that I didn't write it for my voice. Um, Hungover as a band has existed for over a decade. And when I first joined the band, I was just playing guitar and I was not singing. I had always written songs uh, with the idea of, of songwriting and I would sing the melody, but I never anticipated that I would be the one doing the performance. Um, so we were, we were cooking, we were writing some stuff and it was all intended for this other vocalist. This vocalist ends up leaving and the guys decide that I sing the best. So I'm going to sing for whatever shows we have lined up. And I go, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> I've never really sang like that before. Um, I don't know that I'm comfortable. And they're like, it's just a few shows. It's just a few shows. Just a few shows turns into just a short tour. Just a short tour turns into just a single. Just a single turns into an EP. Just an EP turns into uh, we're signing a record deal. <laughs> just signing a record deal turns into we're on tour for 100 plus days a year. Um, <laughs> You're like, damn, just, how we get here? Yeah, and I'm like, I just want to freaking play bass, man. I don't even want to play guitar. <laughs> right? like, what, what's going on? Um, and it just it kind of kept going and going. And the the songs on Wilt are written from my perspective. Uh, they're written about things that happened to me, and they're written about uh, the way that I felt about those things. But I never thought that I would I would sing them myself. And the band was just much more pop punky back then it was much more emo alternative whatever you want to call it it just lived in that vein uh it was much more posy and i think there's definitely elements of that on the new record but uh i think where my voice sits and the way that i like to songwrite and what i figured out for myself is that i like more dark pop i like more r&b i like more funk i like more indie uh, I have a more eclectic taste. Sean listens to everything from uh, Oceano to Queen to like, like it's all over the place. Gabe is the same. Gabe loves electronic music. He loves Sleep Token. Hell he yeah. loves uh, Coheed and Cambria. He like, it's, <laughs> it's just so all over the place um, that it just, we kind of came to this realization that we cannot, really have an identity crisis as a band to where like it doesn't make sense like all the different sounds on the record however um we can allow our influences to creep in so that we can be the most authentic version of ourselves and uh i think it it just kind of melted together in this really interesting pot and, like yes there's still like tons of pop punk elements in there for example reunion is a song that's uh very very pop punk and it has like the posy beats it might be more pop punk than anything else that's on wilt but to where uh you heard the whole record i don't think there's a guitar on slow motion until the first like uh like a like a real heavy guitar until the chorus like a, a minute in um so we're definitely experimenting with more sounds and just playing with the idea of like what songwriting is to us um what we could do in the in the standard like band format like two guitars bass, drums, vocals, uh, to make things different and to, to stand out and to just be, put our, put our own sonic stamp on it and say like, this is what hungover is and this is what hungover feels like and sounds like. There's really no, um, 
I think there's no need anymore to like really let your influence like pick a lane and stay in it. It's much more like, yo, I like all this stuff and I yeah, I want to drum like this on this or I want to sing like this on this. It all fits together. And there is a fan who's going to go, this riffs because like you have so many different things that go on throughout this record that I don't have to be like, oh, it's just another pop punk song. Like there's some pop punk things I that I like, never get into because of that. It's like it's too much pop punk. I want other stuff in there. You're seeing it more and more in, in the genre too. For example, like uh, Magnolia Park, mm -hmm. Orlando folks. Yep. Um, even like not even just sonically, like they're calling their albums mixtapes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're uh, they're putting out heavier songs, and then they're putting out pop punk anthems, and they're just they're doing things that just feel like authentic to them, and it seems to be working for them. And uh, you look at like the new broadside record, like there's a lot of super, super poppy elements on that. Um, Ollie has a swagger vocally that like is akin to like R&B, hip hop, like with delivery and things like that. You're just seeing more and more um, the people who are really uh, steering the genre and taking it to the next place uh, are doing things that are different. And while we will all love uh, coming out swinging from a South Philly basement, Mm -hmm. and uh <laughs> and like all that stuff um it's 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 changing and i think the um the idea in pop punk and pop rock and alternative is less to emulate now and more to just see what we can throw at the wall and can see what sticks um and i love and i love that i love mm -hmm. when people are trying new things i love when people are getting weird i love when people are like i wonder if i can make this unique puzzle piece fit into this one space to make something that is my own it's awesome yeah now with that being said what is a artist or a band you would want to see hungover collaborate with or maybe do like a remix on one of your singles even ah uh, this so a, a remix would be <laughs> it'd be so cool to uh have like the midnight do something um yeah like in that like 80s synthy yeah uh universe i think that'd be cool like as far as like a remix or whatever collaborations um whenever i think about collaborators i always think about like songwriting and structure and stuff like that and i just think that the band camino is like the perfect mm. band like there's never been a more perfect band as far as songwriting and how they make everything so catchy and infectious and how like That's the true. textures are so vastly different across their records, but everything feels like it is authentically themselves. And uh, you can almost hear from a, from just a guitar chord, like, Oh, like that's a band Camino chord. Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I, are, I already am informed on how the song is going to start based on how they've introduced it and the motifs and this, and they just, they just have like such a wonderful signature that they put on all their stuff and I'd love to collaborate with, with them or someone like that. On a, like a, a songwriting side or like a producer side, like, is there any like producers that you would want to work with in that same way? Or like, <sighs> I, I know now, like a lot of people just record themselves. So like the idea of like yeah. going in the studio with a producer is like, I don't really need that because we're all songwriters. So uh, yeah. would it be like, I want the, I want to be in a studio with the band Camino and write a song or would it be like, I want yeah. to like, I want to produce it. I want to be like there from beginning to end so, and like work with their producer or something like that. Production is so interesting because, and, and even songwriting, because I'm such like a, 
I'm such a stand for my friends. Like, I think <laughs> that my friends are like some of the most wonderful and talented songwriters and producers and mixers and masters that I've, that I've ever met. Um, so like, I'm very, very comfortable going to Sean, Sean Dolich did our, our record. He, uh, produced and engineered, uh, when it touches the heart, everything resolves. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just, he's one of my best buddies in the whole world. I'm in another band with him. And, uh, I'm just like, dude, you're such a wonderful producer and all this stuff or this, that, and the other thing. He's like, we're literally friends. Like, why are you talking to me? About <laughs> you um, have to hype up the homies. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. So, so like, I, I love working with him and I get so in love with the process of writing with certain people or getting produced by certain people that I'm like, I will never produce or write anything with anyone ever again, because this relationship is so fruitful and wonderful. But then I'll hear like a Butch Walker track or a James Paul Wisner track or uh, Tate Mercer is one in, in Nashville that I would love to work with. The better off stuff is uh, some of my most favorite recordings over the last few years. Um, there's just the list goes on and on and on. Like, uh, yeah, there's John Goldman. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, just, it just keeps going and going and going. And I think that does come from a place where uh, kind of touches on all the, the sonic influences on, on the new record. Um, because we like everything, like I would kind of like to work with everyone. Like I like the idea of like Fallout Boy doing Infinity on High, and they did some songs with Babyface, mm -hmm. and they did uh, some songs with this producer, and they did some songs with that producer, but then this person mixed the whole thing. And uh, we kind of did end up in a place like that with with uh, Wither, that's the acronym for uh, when it touches the heart, the heart everything mm -hmm. resolves, um, to where Sean Dolage pr produced it and engineered it, but then Zach Baker from Rain City Drive engineered drums while Sean produced behind him. Uh, it was mixed by Alan Reitman, who did our last record. Um, he recently did some stuff with Adventure. He's done a bunch of other stuff. Um, and he did additional vocal production, and then it ended up getting mastered by Alan Douches, who's done Fall Out Boy, Mayday Parade, Real Friends, all this other stuff. And uh, it kind of became a nice little sampling of like, oh, I like what you do over here. And I like what you do over here. And I like what you do over here. And I like what we do. And I think you can make it sound better. And we just trust you. Mm -hmm. um, we did end up with like a bunch of different mixes of the, of the songs. That was mostly because like we were pulling from old demos and we would bring in old parts. We probably re-recorded the record maybe like four times technically. Wow. <laughs> like, like when you go into like <laughs> demoing and stuff like yeah. that. There's so many different iterations of this record um that like the the mixing was was probably a, a pain in the ass <laughs> you know like because, because we were we were throwing so much different stuff at the at the project but ultimately it really was just a a product of this is what we did we really like it uh we really like what you do and we really respect what you do and your opinions um so we're just gonna let you do your thing maybe we'll tweak it a little bit but we trust that this is the best for the project because you rock with that being said, if you've re-recorded four times, I want to know what the thought process was when you were picking your singles that you wanted to release off of here. Was it the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> the same time um, you've recorded it, the same singles made it, or were you like, or were they I'm different? Gonna, or were actually, you like now that it's these singles mm -hmm. instead. <laughs> so what's what's interesting about the singles is uh, one was a smart punk pick. Reunion uh, was the first single we put out. I was so eager to put out "Shake It Off." I thought that that was going to be like the banger that everybody was going to enjoy. Um, but Matt Burns at Smart Punk was like, no, 
this is the song we're going to put out first. Um, the story behind it makes the most sense. We're getting back together. It's literally called reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he just, he was right. But <laughs> 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 he was right. And then with the other two songs, um, I was, I felt really strongly about shake it off. And then uh, out of body. I just, I, I personally think it's, it's the best song I've ever written. Um, and we we're all kind of agreeance on the singles. We kind of played with slow emotion, but it was so vastly different from the other two that we didn't want it to be like jarring, you know, like we want, uh, sonically it, it's, it's structured in a way I keep saying the word sonically and I just starting <laughs> to not sound like a word to me. Anymore. It's, it's music <laughs> but, journalism. Uh, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's, it's oh all fair God. game. <laughs> it's, it's structured in such a way to where the beginning of the record is more like rock pop punk forward. And as you creep into the back of the record uh, is where a lot more of those uh, different influences start to be more prevalent, which is why I feel like you probably caught on to the Young the Giant influence a little bit later in the record because I lean into it a little more heavy with those songs. Um, but uh, I just, I kind of wanted it to be a little bit of a surprise and I wanted you to like melt into the record and then kind of discover those new sounds as you like really dig into it. Um, but the other side of that coin, as far as picking singles, is uh, I'm a dad. I have two kids. They're seven and three. And they are my biggest critics in the whole world. <laughs> um, my daughter, who is three, when I sing in the car, I'm a professional singer. I've mm-hmm. been paid to sing. Mm-hmm. It may be in dive bars. Counts in small clubs. Counts. You're getting, you're getting that paid. bag. It counts either yeah. way. Yeah, I've, I've been paid at least a dollar to sing before, yep. which makes me a professional, professional singer. <laughs> My daughter, while she does not have the words, I know exactly what she means. <laughs> when, I, when I sing in the car, she goes, "Dad, I don't like your sound." And I, <laughs> oh. like, I love, I love that she, ta- but she's honest. Like, yeah. she, like sometimes she just doesn't like the song, you know. And then I'll put on another song, and she goes, "I like that sound." All right, and I. It is hysterical to me that uh, she speaks like a, a label exec yeah. in the 80s. Like, I yep. don't really like your sound. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she'll, they'll be honest with me. And I, throughout the course of recording, like, I would show them the songs. And it got to the point where I think at the beginning of us doing the record, because we recorded it for so long and so many times over, they might have not realized it was me. Mm. Um, but towards the end of it, like up until us getting these final masters, my son would go like, oh, is this a new one? <laughs> like he kind of <laughs> like knew like what my, what my voice sounded like. So when it came time to pick singles, I was like, do you guys like this one? Do you think that if someone heard it for the first time, they would enjoy it? Um, and they were honest with me, which was cool. Uh, and that's how we landed on some of them also. And uh, they they get a nice little nod in the in the album liner notes. It's actually dedicated to them. If you open up the vinyl and you look in the in the bottom right hand corner, they get a little shout out. And they they got to pick the singles kind of. Yeah. <laughs> that works yeah. Uh, but uh, they they got to help pick the other two. They uh, affirmed it for us. I feel like I could just imagine them like in the recording studio with you in the moment like you mess up or like they don't like something they just run in and are like nope yeah, nope nope yeah. like the way little kids do and are like nope <laughs> stop it this is it this is done. I okay so this is he's gonna hate me for saying this because this is like very much a, a me and him dynamic thing but Sean 
uh, I spent a lot of time with, with Sean Dolich. Not, there's a guy in our band named Sean, Sean Connors. Um, but Sean Dolich is who did the record, and he filled, he filled in on bass for us for a little bit over the last couple of years. And like I said, I'm in another band with him now. Um, so I've spent a lot of time in studio with him over the last four years or so. And I uh, credit him to making me a better singer because of his coaching and uh, just the way that he approached songwriting and singing and tracking and all that stuff. But he did this thing that would destroy me internally every single time <laughs> where uh, we would record in, in one room. There's like a little sound booth type thing, but it's not closed off. So you can see him while you're recording and his back is fully to you. So he does this. He's turned around. And then can you guys still hear me while I'm turned around? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we can. Okay. So he's turned around. He's not saying anything. And I would mess up a part and he would just go. <laughs> yeah dude like he would just he would just shake his head what, did he think he was on the voice yeah he would he would go embarrassing i mean he has to be looking at the screen to like do the production yeah. or whatever and he was definitely like making a jab at me and it was like it was a one word response but it was very like i know you can do better than mm -hmm. that um so it was just so so interesting like to to get that from him because it's like i know exactly what you mean but do you have to say it like yeah. and it hurt? <laughs> you know? Producers uh, he, always he that, he'll, he'll get a chuckle out of it. But it was, always it, to it, I never made that. that connection, but it did have the voice energy. He would never <laughs> turn around if I messed up. I've uh, I've I've recorded before in in the studio, and I I think producers just like once they figured out how you are, they're just like I know how to squeeze that good performance out of you, but they have to yeah. squeeze rather than just like kind of coaxing it out of you. They have to. They're like, I'll figure it's it like out. It's like real tough love here. Yeah, I'll, I'll cut yeah, to the core. A, I'll get it a, out. He's a squeezer for sure. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned the single Shake It Off, uh, which came out last month. Uh, can I ask you a question about the music video? I know we're yeah. asking questions. This is just what we do. Um, I liked it because it was so simple. And it was like, it looked like you just like kind of found a space that you could film for the day and just like shot some shots. And I'm like, this is like... Uh -huh perfect to me i love this was that how it was actually made so that's interesting i actually haven't spoken about this at all um we just needed to do a music video and needed a space and did not have one yeah we recorded uh so the way wilt came out was we had five songs that we put out as a tony p got signed to smart punk added three more songs onto it and then put that out on vinyl um we recorded those three songs at smart punk headquarters um in orlando and they when we recorded that those three songs they had a big empty warehouse space and i was like this will be perfect we can use it however we want i hadn't been there for a while <laughs> so i asked hey can we use the space and they're like i guess so <laughs> we show up it is filled with shit yeah <laughs> it is it is so full there is a recording studio in there that is immaculate but we weren't going to film the, the music video in the studio mm. um and we were like, fuck, like, what do we do? Like, the video is today. We, ha we have to figure this out. Um, so we we were sitting out back behind the, it's a it's in a warehouse complex. Mm. We were sitting out back in that strip of grass behind the warehouse complex. And we saw that there's like almost this like power plant type setup, like on the other side of the fence. And I was like, this looks so cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like, let's just do it here and figure it out you know a lot of the the stuff on the on the mood board for the video was from uh i, for, I, I forget the the turnstile video but 
there's a turnstile video on the new record where everything is like very very wide and very very tight yeah and a lot of the shark shots are super architectural mm-hmm. and then uh the this is why video by paramore yes. is also that same way and the singer from turnstile actually directed mm-hmm. that video yeah uh, wow which i thought was wild yeah. i thought that was so sick <laughs> i didn't even realize that uh they did that but uh so i was like let's just do really really wide shots and really really tight shots here and we did like grab some props that morning i went to uh a, a like a thrift not thrift store uh antique store i bought some old photographs um i like picked up that hourglass a little bit before and our whole thing on the previous record was like the love letter with like the heart sticker and the envelope or whatever um and uh kind of just like introducing new motifs and whatnot like burning the old ones like it's the metaphor it's quite literal <laughs> like, yeah. like, we're like moving, on to, moving on to the next thing um and and yeah we just kind of made a video where we played and the shots were interesting and unique and we kind of wanted the um the song to shine and then just a bunch of stuff started happening like for example at the beginning of the video um i'm kind of just like motioning and my eyes are closed i think in that shot <laughs> and a car goes by <laughs> like while i'm doing <laughs> it was like perfectly timed and, and when i did it and i saw the the playback i was like well that's not making it in um, <laughs> and then i saw the video and i was like oh that's kind of fire <laughs> well, it, it might be making it in actually yeah it just like happens for no reason um but it, it's it's really just supposed to be a fun video with mm-hmm. cool shots and uh it's kind of just like sentimental to us because we made songs in that space and uh yeah that's really it yeah, I mean, I I feel like uh, you know the days of like big budget uh, music videos are obviously over. So I always look at like, yeah. I, I I find it really interesting when a band is make like what a band can do with a like zero dollar budget or like a really small yeah. budget and what they can make with it. And so I was just so, really taken with like that video as like it is so simple and there is just like a little bit to it, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't even make the connection between that turnstile video, but I'm like, oh my God, yeah, it does look, it has that same vibe to it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, this this just aesthetically is like really pleasing to me. What's interesting about like the whole music video thing is if you go back and you watch the music videos for Wilt, those are crazy and like do have <laughs> this wild budget. Um, and if it, they became such an important part of our band that like we felt like we had to do music videos. Mm-hmm. But when we came back into this record, uh we knew that we had to put together some content we were like well the budget's not really there the way it used to be mm-hmm. and uh we have to kind of make decisions and pull strings and pay for some things out of pocket and do what we got to do um but because like the actual idea of a music video was so important to us we uh were able to like put meaning into it and make it kind of like our own thing and like it still feels just as important it's just cheaper and more fun yeah I don't know, just to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. That's kind of like the the whole mood for like this whole <laughs> album cycle. Like throwing stuff at the wall and whatever happens, happens, and we'll have fun doing it, and it usually turns out pretty okay. Yeah. And now, with all of that, because we're going to throw spaghetti at the wall that you guys are going to go on a tour eventually for this upcoming album. Why was it spaghetti? <laughs> because it's, it's just the thing that they always say. Like, for some reason, you just get mad that it's not good spaghetti. Maybe you just, like, throw it. Starch, let it stick. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's spaghetti well, now. We're throwing spaghetti don't at the they wall. Say if, you throw, if you throw a noodle at the wall and it sticks, it means it's done. 
It's like al dente. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think yeah. it is. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. Yeah, that works. I'm just imagining sauce getting everywhere. I'm just like. You know what? That's what I imagine too. Whenever yeah. I feel like I'm brainstorming something, I feel like there's somebody <laughs> just putting their their hand <laughs> on their entire plate. <laughs> on their enti- and they're just like. <laughs> sauce in the wall. <laughs> I'll let you ask your actual question now. I'm sorry for bringing up spaghetti <laughs> sauce. Wow. Uh, thank you. But will you guys be heading on any tours to support this album release? Or we have some stuff, and we have some stuff in the works right now. Um, we got a little bit behind the eight ball on that. Like I said, I'm a dad. Um, the guys have a lot of stuff going on. Gabe actually lives in Las Vegas, which is like a crazy side quest that he's on right now. Wow, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, a that's side a quest. Other, that was that was not on my on my 2023 2022 bingo card, but he moved to Vegas and he's loving it and he's living it up up there, which makes things very interesting. Um, I had a really cool phone call today about some stuff that might happen that I can't really talk about. Um, but we are planning shows. Uh, maybe not like super, super big, long, uh, hundred plus days <laughs> of touring stretches. Uh, but we definitely have some stuff cooking for the summer and a really cool uh, release show that we're going to announce. Uh, oh, actually, this will be out uh, and the show will have been announced. But we have a really cool release show planned and some cool stuff around that and yeah so there's not a, a tour that's announced we're fully lined up right now but it's uh it's being fleshed out as we speak oh yeah there we go and it'll come to chicago i'm hoping yeah it'll yeah. don't worry <laughs> don't, wor- don't worry brian we're we're, we're coming <laughs> we'll, we'll be there this is like we always will ask, like, so what are your tour plans? And uh, really, just selfishly, Chicago. Uh, oh, Chicago. are you guys in? Are y'all in yeah. Chicago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. We we have a weird relationship with Chicago because we've always pulled there. We always do well. It's one of our top Spotify cities. But we have never truly had a proper Chicago show. Um, there was one show that we played uh, at Evolution Music, yep. like oh, the yeah. music store. Oh, yeah. It was an in-store acoustic performance thing right when the first record came out. That was super cool, but it was just a guitar and a vocal. Yeah. And that's it. We did another one where uh, it was a house show. It was in an apartment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was like right. 100 people <laughs> in an apartment. Um, and... Uh, we got to play like maybe two or three songs before the cop showed up. Yeah. <laughs> it was like right up the street from the Chicago music exchange. Loden was super sketchy. Um, and it was awesome. Like the energy was super cool, but we just have, have never ever had luck in Chicago for whatever reason, booking a proper venue. So even if it takes like a fly out because we can book one day in Chicago, like it just needs to happen Yeah, because like, I think, Chicago deserves a proper show. Um, so we'll just go ahead and we'll, we'll give you a chance here to, to plug yourself and the band and everything. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Where can people listen to and watch the videos and, and all that good stuff? Uh, yeah. Heck yeah. Um, so the band is hungover. The record is when it touches the heart, everything resolves is out February 23rd on smart punk records. It will be available everywhere that you stream music and it will also be on vinyl um, through SmartPunk's website. Uh, all our socials are at Hungover Band on everything. Uh, the music videos are on SmartPunk's YouTube channel. 
And you could also see me being uh, really silly, goofy, weird on TikTok and Instagram. Perfect. Um, well, thank you so much, Mark, for coming on the pod. This was absolutely thank amazing. Thank you guys for having me. Um, yeah, this was fun. Yeah, we, we we love the music. We love the band. So we can't wait to see you when you come through Chicago. And uh, we're excited for, for the release of this record for everybody else who hasn't heard it. Uh, so make sure to support Hungover when the record comes out. Pick up a vinyl if you can, because vinyl is always good to add to your collection. And it helps the band, I'm assuming, more than just listening to it on Spotify. So, so you know, <laughs> make sure you pick up that uh, that physical copy. <laughs> And the sleeve glows in the dark. There you go. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so put it in your room, put it on the wall, and then turn the lights off and go, I'm still thinking about that. That's actually, no, you just, you'll put it on your ceiling. Like you do the little like stars and moons yeah. instead. You just have the glow in the dark hungover by the watching yeah. you while you sleep. There you go. Sick. Um, well, yeah, check it out. And uh, once again, Mark, hungover. Thank you for being on the pod tonight. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening to the Emo Social Club. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a comment, rate, and follow on your favorite streaming platform. To hear the full unedited interview with Hungover, head over to our Patreon and subscribe. You'll also get exclusive behind the scenes and extra content. From all of us here at the Emo Social Club, I'm Brian. And I'm Lizzie. We'll see you next week. Bye!